Hi, you're listening to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacle, and this is Jerry McGee. Praise God, he came to help us live an overcoming life. And there's lots of things in our lives that we have to overcome. But praise the Lord, because of what Jesus did at Calvary, he made it possible for us to live an overcoming life. And overcoming life is basically if we don't overcome, we don't go to heaven. If we live an overcome life, God wants us to be overcomers in Christ Jesus. Well, this is Jerry McGee, and welcome. Appreciate you listening in. We, we're the first, we're here, come live the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time, and we invite you to listen in again and invite people to listen to. And so tonight, I'm, what I want to share tonight is on a spirit of laziness, and let's pray before we start. Father, I just, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and Lord, we ask you to cover us with the blood of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to allow rivers of living water to come forth from our innermost being. I thank you, Lord, that your word will not return void without accomplishing the matter for which you send it. Lord, we thank you that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will not pass away. We thank you, Lord, that you pardon our iniquities, heal all of our diseases. We thank you, Lord, that you are the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that you're our healer, our deliverer, our king, our God. You are the mighty one we trust in. And, Father, I ask that your glory will rest upon each person who's listening in and upon me, Lord, and I pray that your mighty Holy Spirit will move upon every life to, to heal, to deliver, and to set free. And I just thank you and praise you for the opportunity to speak. And, Lord, I just bless Dorothy, and I bless this program. I bless every person who's listening in. Father, I bind us to the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, and a spirit of repentance, and the truth that sets us free. In Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places. And on this earth, I forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. I pray a special covering of warrior angels over us and about us to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment that's sent against them us not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. Lord, we pray that the nets that they hide for us will catch their own feet while we pass by safely in Jesus' name. We ask you to loose your ministering angels into every home, every car, uh, to every place uh, with each person who's listening in, Father, in Jesus' name. Well, this message is on a spirit of laziness. And, uh, you know, there's people who... who, um, are physically and spiritually lazy. There's two kinds of people. There's spiritual laziness and physical laziness. And there are also people who uh, wouldn't think of missing work that are almost workaholics but who are spiritually lazy. And then there's people who are just lazy people who are also um, spiritually lazy and physically lazy. And, you know, um the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved that we might be workmanship that pleases God. Physical laziness opens us up to poverty, and spiritual laziness opens us up to spiritual poverty. So there's a physical poverty, and there's a spiritual poverty causing us. A spiritual poverty causes us to lose our garments of salvation 
And this is uh, in, in the parable that Jesus gave in Matthew 22 about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Remember, he sends out his workers to all the, the highways and byways and invites people to come to the wedding feast. And that's a picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And uh, people, some people say, well, I can't. I married a wife. Another one said, I bought a farm. They were just too busy. So, uh, so the king sends out workers to compel people to come. And there was a man uh, there, and, and Jesus rebuked him. He said, man, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And so, you know, you can be fully dressed physical, and angels and demons see you spiritually naked. And so spiritual laziness causes us to lose our spiritual clothes and um, physical and and uh, physical laziness opens us up to poverty, physical poverty. Laziness is just the opposite of diligence. Uh, the lack of diligence reveals who we're akin to. In other words, it's likened us to be akin to the devil, according to Proverbs 18.9. says, he also who is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. The dictionary definition of diligence suggests a constant painstaking effort often toward the achievement of a specific goal. Um, it means to be busy, industrious, diligent. Um, let's see. Um, active, stained, effort to accomplish something, hardworking, industrious, striving, and, of course, we're to strive according to the mighty power that works in us, not to strive in the flesh. Uh, it means to be um, steadfast, concentrated, thorough, persevering, taking painstaking effort. Laziness is just the opposite of diligence. First Thessalonians 4:11 through 12 says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, and attend to your own business and work with your own hands just as we commanded you so you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. So God tells us to work so that we won't be in any need. Uh, Some words for the lack of diligence are laziness, which means resistant to work or exertion, uh, disposed to be idle, slow-moving, sluggish, conducive to idleness or indolence, um, depicted as a uh, reclining or person lying on his side, slothful, disinclined to work or exert himself. It also means uh, the opposite of diligence also means to be slack, lacking in diligence or uh, our due care, our concern, negligence. Another word for that is the opposite of diligence is indolent, which is disinclined to exert oneself, habitually lazy, conducive to inactivity or laziness, lethargic. Um, also, the word sluggard is the opposite of diligence. A slothful person is an idler. Negligent is another word that is uh, opposite of diligence, characterized by or are inclined to neglect, especially habitually. 
Uh, sluggish is another word that is the opposite of diligence, which means slow to act or perform. Uh, displaying little movement or activity, slow, inactive, lacking alertness, vigor, or energy. Proverbs 12:27 says, the precious possession of a man is diligent. And so God's telling us, you know, of all your possessions, that we should be a person that possesses diligence. And um, it goes on to say that people who lack diligence or who are slothful won't even roast their prey. They go hunting and they're just too lazy to even, basically too lazy to go hunting. But if they do, they just leave the prey and don't even cook it or roast it or, or dress it out. And the best description of a diligent person can be, or, or the ant's not diligence, but the perfect example of diligence can be seen in the ant. You know, God commands us to observe the ant. I've lived in the country or been in country places uh, out in the country, and I've watched ants. I, I, have you ever watched a red ant bed? Have you ever watched the diligence of the ant? They don't have a chief officer or ruler. They do what they're supposed to do. They store their food in the summer, and they have food in the winter. And so God tells us to consider the ant. Proverbs 6, 7 says, through 9 says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways, and be wise, which having no chief officer or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. Proverbs 6, 9 says, How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? So person that's lazy, we've been talking about in the past months, a spirit of sleep, a spirit of stupor, really ties in. A person that is lazy has a spirit of sleep on them. Proverbs 24.1 says, I pass by the field of the sluggard or of a man lacking scent. Uh, he, his vineyard was, the wall was down. The vineyard was completely overgrown. It says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Not much, just a little. And your poverty will come like a robber and your want like an armed man. And that's a picture of a person that doesn't take care of his physical garden or his spiritual garden. You know, our heart is our spiritual garden. And the, the weeds that come up are the, the things that come up from our life, out of our mouth or in our thought life, are things that tempt us, are things that have been planted down in the heart of our spiritual garden. And when these things come up out of our mouth, up into our thought life, we need to take our thoughts captive as the word tells us to do but we need to find out where these words come come from and what happened to us in our lifetime where these things got planted in other words if perversion is always coming out of my mouth i need to go back and examine my life and ask the holy spirit to show me where did perversion get get planted in my spiritual garden you know we should be constantly chopping up the weeds in our spiritual garden and you know the weeds are those things that come out of our mouth or up in our thought life or the things that that tempt us uh depression can also be rooted in laziness you know if a person doesn't like their life um they're always craving and they get nothing they don't like their life that's depressing you know if we don't like our god tells us that we're to love the lord with all of our heart all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our body, and our neighbors, ourselves, and and we can't, we if we can't love ourselves with God's estimation of us, then we can't love anyone else. 
Laziness is also usually uh, associated with procrastination, and procrastination often is is rooted in fear. Uh, I'll give you an example. Sometimes some of you maybe have been trained up like in having a controlling mother and father, and every time you start to make a decision, they'll say, now, why did you do it this way? You should have done it that way. Well, you should, why did you do this? Well, why did you make that decision? And that opens the child up to fear, and then that fear of making a mistake is is the root of being a procrastinator. But also, if I'm a procrastinator and I never get anything done, then laziness is associated with procrastination. Uh, persistent laziness should not be permitted. Second Thessalonians 3.12 in the NIV says, um, we hear that some among you are idle. And this is the Living Bible, Bible translation. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we can command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn bread that they can eat. And so, you know, there's another scripture that says if we don't work, we don't eat. A lot of times a lazy person will eat what someone else is supplying for them. And hard work should characterize the believers in the Lord Jesus. We should be uh, people that are diligent. Second Timothy two. Um, see, I can't read my writing here. Second Timothy two, and I don't, I don't know the verse, but in the Living Bible it says, "Work hard, so God can say to you, well done, be a good workman, one who does not need to be ashamed when God examines your work." Lazy people are not successful people. Proverbs 10, 4 and 5 in the Living Bible says, A lazy man soon... Let me go back here. See, lazy men are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. A wise youth makes hay while the sun is shining. But what a shame it is to see a lad who wastes away his hour of opportunity. And lazy people don't have good judgment, according to Proverbs uh, 26, verse 13 through 16. says, the lazy man won't go out and work. There might be a lion out in the streets, he says. He sticks to his bed like a door to its hinges. He's too tired to even lift the food from, his, from the dish to his mouth. Yet in his own estimation... He is smarter than seven wise men. A lazy, slothful, indolent, sluggish person is a couch potato, which refers to a person who spends too much time on the couch or in the bed, and it's usually uh, referring to an an overweight man who spends too much time watching TV, and it can also also apply to uh, men and women and children and Adults who won't uh, don't get enough physical activity, and there's some studies that have said some medical studies that have said that the couch potato lifestyle is a serious health hazard to um, practitioners to its practitioners, and so it's not healthy to not get proper exercise. Laziness is a don't care attitude. And it is condemned in the Bible. Job 40 um, says lazy people, 
basically have a spirit of behemoth. And you can read about behemoth in Job 20, but I'm just going to point out the things about the characteristics of behemoth. Uh, number one is behemoth is a fault finder. You know, people that are <clears throat> that are lazy, they basically they're sitting around and criticizing everyone else for not doing certain things. Job 42 says, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Let him who reproves God answer it. Um, the a person with the spirit of behemoth or laziness, uh, he wants to instruct God. Job 47. Now gird up your loins like a man. I will ask you and you instruct me. He wants to uh, annul God's judgment and condemn him according to verse 8 it says God God ask will you will you annul my judgment will you condemn me that you might be justified you know sometimes people that want to condemn other people they want to justify their own bad behavior a person with that are la- that's lazy who has the spirit of being most boast of having uh, an arm like God. Job 40 verse 9 says, Or do you have an arm like God? And can you thunder like the like with a voice like his? Also, he adorns himself with eminence and dignity and clothes himself with honor and majesty. Job 40 verse 10 says, Adorn yourself with eminence and and dignity and clothe yourself with honor and majesty. A person uh, that with a spirit of behemoth or a lazy person is he boasts of great things and God rebukes him in, in Job 40 verse 11. Pour out the overflowings of your anger. And look on everyone who is proud and make him low. You know, the Bible says that whoever is prideful, he humbles. The scripture also says he sees the haughty from afar. So, you know, sometimes if we don't feel close to God, it's because of pride and haughtiness that causes God to separate from us. Job 40 verse 12 says, he looks on everyone who is proud and humbles him and treads down the wicked when they stand, where they stand. Job 10, uh, verse 13 says, um, hide, him, hide them in the dust together. Bind them in the hidden place. Verse 14. Then I will also confess to you that your own Right hand cannot can not save you. He eats grass like an ox, according to verse 15. Behold now, behemoth, which I made, as well as you. He eats grass like an ox. The next thing in verse 16 says, uh, he has demonic strength. In verse 16 it says, behold now. His strength is in his loins, and his power is in the muscles of his belly. Verse 7 says, He bends his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes 
of bronze. His limbs are like bars of iron. He devours, according to verse 20. Surely the the mountains bring him food, and all the beasts of the field play there. He has no fear of God when he uh, speaks and he makes judgments on people. And this uh, flood of words comes forth from his mouth like a flood. Has no fear of God. Runs off at the mouth, in other words. In verse 23, if a river goes, he is not alarmed. He is confident, though the Jordan rushes from his mouth. You know, in in a Revelation chapter 12, it talks about the serpent pours forth water from his mouth like a flood, and that's a flood of words. And so it's saying that the Jordan rushes to the mouth of Beemoth, and he has no fear. He's confident. He just runs off at the mouth, and he has no fear of God. Uh, he's lawless and crafty, and no one can capture him when he's on the watch. Verse 24, can anyone capture him when he is on the watch? With barbs, can anyone pierce his nose? Kind of sounds like Leviathan in Proverbs 41. I believe that Behemoth and Leviathan are tied in together because uh, Leviathan is also king over the sons of pride. Uh, He's lazy, and he lays up in the shade in the middle of the trees and lets others cover for him. In verse 21, under the lotus plants, he lies down in the covert of the the reeds and the marsh. Verse 22, the lotus plants cover him with shade. The willows of the brook surround him. And his work is um, so the characteristics of a lazy person. Uh, one of the first symptoms of laziness is inability to even consider the possibility that he could be lazy, won't admit it, or even see a need to change, or even want to change. A lazy person neglects responsibility. He lacks initiative. He fails to plan ahead. He overrates himself. Unorganized, undisciplined. Lack of diligence. Wants to be served. And leaves... uh, leaves his job for others to do. If you can finally convince him to do something, he half does it or puts it off. He isn't reliable. He likes to sleep, always makes excuses. And, of course, the consequences of laziness is his property deteriorates. He suffers hunger. He's forced to beg. Way is troublesome. And he lives in poverty unless someone else is taking care of him. 
or supporting him, has a passive mind, idle mind. You know, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. If you're idle, you can you just think a lot. And God tells us to take our thoughts captive. It's rare to find anyone who owns up to being lazy because lazy people refuse to take accountability. They're always full of excuses for their slow progress and lack of production. The sluggard, the scripture says, the sluggard is wiser in his own own um, conceits than seven men that can render a reason. Proverbs twenty six sixteen says, the slothful person hides his hand in the in his bosom. Lazy people hide in the shadows. They want to be, uh, they have to be asked, and even then, they have problems with carrying out requests. They want to put everything off on other people. You know, I used to have a farm where I housed people in their recovery process, and I had prostitutes, crackheads, uh, people that had been satanically ritually abused, uh, and I... I dealt with a lot of lazy people, a lot of homeless people. And I'm not criticizing any of those people, but, you know, there's reasons. Sometimes, you know, sometimes a lazy person, there's there's work that would be, they would consider beneath them. And, you know, if we need a job, we need a job, and we should take whatever kind of job we can get and praise God for a job. A lazy person is an irritant to those who try to depend on him. Proverbs 10:26 says, as smoke to the eyes and vinegar to the teeth, so is a lazy person to him who sends him. And so, you know, that can be a route to if we're depending on a lazy person, it could be a route to eye problems, um, vinegar to the teeth, teeth problems. And even when um, getting a lazy person to start something, even if you can ask them to do something, you have to constantly be reminding them. And there are irritation to whoever is having to deal with them. Uh, The lazy person will almost always leave loose ends or depend on someone else to do it for him. I used to have a girl at my farm, and you could send her for a job, and she'd end up talking. She would never get nothing accomplished, but she would always just be talking. And lazy people need to be constantly reminded to start or finish a job because they rarely keep a job very long. Proverbs 26:14 says as the door turns on the hinges so does the slothful person turns on his bed. Proverbs 12:27 says 
the slothful person roasts not that which he took in hunting. I'm going to skip down on some of this. Some of this is repetitious. Proverbs 21:25 says, "The slothful person covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and spares not." Lazy people are selfish. Instead of asking what they can do for others, they're asking what others can do for them. The consequences of negligence and slackness is poverty. Proverbs 10.4 says, Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He's put to forced labor, according to Proverbs 12.24 says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but he who deals with a slack hand shall be put to forced labor. In other words, demonic bondage. He craves and gets nothing, Proverbs 13.4 says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. And that doesn't mean lard fat, overweight fat, but it means to have healthy bone marrow. The word means to be marrowy, like having your bone marrow to be healthy. A person who is lazy um, is disadvantaged, according to Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligence lead surely to advantage but but everyone who is lazy hasty comes surely to poverty a person who's lazy uh, has a stumbling spirit second peter 110 therefore brethren be all the more diligent to make make certain about his calling and choosing you for as long as you practice these things you will never stumble and then he has limited strength, according to Proverbs 24.10. says, if you're slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. And, you know, as believers in the Lord Jesus, we all go through struggles. In fact, a lot of times people ask me how I'm doing, and I'm saying I'm overcoming. You know, sometimes when you first get saved, you don't really don't think maybe you maybe think you did God a favor. At least I did because I didn't really see the stuff. And now the older I get and the more I walk with the Lord, I wonder why he saved me. Because I see, you know, we don't really see the sin of our life when we're first saved. Or maybe we do see it, but we don't see all that's there. In fact, sanctification takes a lifetime, you know, it takes a lifetime. And God tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so we can't allow laziness or any mm-hmm. negative thing. Uh, a person who's lazy is spiritually um, asleep, and we already talked about that. And he's probably sleepy too. Proverbs 6, 9 says, How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Proverbs ten fifteen says, Laziness cast into a deep sleep, and an idle man will suffer hungry hunger. And, you know, the times I get hungry is when I'm just bored, maybe. And that's when I think about eating. And so a person that's idle, a lot of times they're just overweight, too, because um, 
They use food as a comfort. A person that is lazy has a lean soul. Proverbs 13, 4 says, the soul of the sluggard craves. He's always wanting everything, but he gets nothing. But the soul of the diligent is made fat, morrowy, good, healthy, bone marrow. He's blocked on all sides. Proverbs fifteen nineteen says, the way of the sluggard is as a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. There's another scripture that says that the highway of the upright is to depart from evil, and that's also according to Isaiah 35, the highway of holiness. He's too lazy to lift his hand off the dish, resulting in lack, Proverbs 19:24. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it up to his mouth. Puts his hand in the cookie jar and too lazy to bring it out. Um, and this can be, as we said a while ago, one of the reasons to um, can be one of the reasons why we're on welfare, a person's on welfare, because he refuses to plow after the autumn. And I've seen a lot of these people are just not wanting Mm -hmm. to, um, in other words, they want some kind of big job rather than starting at a little job and working your way to the top. Proverbs, you know, I I remember, well, I used to be a, a, a temporary secretary years ago. And if you looked at my resume, um, it didn't show you very much, but when I would go in there and I'd work, every every person that I almost that I worked for tried to hire me uh, full time because I went to do good good job. I went one place honestly, and it was a government position, and they just wanted a secretary to sit there. And I I said, "Don't you have anything for me to do?" And they said, "No." And finally, I said, "Look, I'm going to go home if you have anything for me to do because to sit all day would be boring me to tears." And so a lot of times I see people say, well, you know, I'm persecuted at work because uh, I'm a Christian. Let me tell you something. I was an outspoken witness for Jesus when I worked, but I did a good job. And if you do a good job, they don't care if you're a Christian or what, as long as you're getting the job done. Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, the sluggard does not plow after autumn. So he has nothing during the harvest and has nothing. His desire puts him to death because he refuses to work. Proverbs twenty one twenty five. The desire of the sluggard puts him to death. So you see a spirit of death working in a sluggard. You know, you could say death to his efforts, death to his productivity, death to his life. In fact, a friend of mine was teaching at Lake Hamilton the other day, and she said something that was so true. She taught on time. A wasting time and it was very convicting to me but she said wasting time is a wasted life and you know if God lets us live 10 years we've only lived 3,650 days and that's not very long I mean if you see how fast the years pass and so basically that was very convicting to me time is running out we need to make every minute count for Jesus and you you know and God is the one that wants to enable you to do good works so many times we think about what we can do for god instead of letting us see what god wants to do through us it says in proverbs twenty one twenty five, the desire of the sluggard puts him to death for his hands refuse to work 
he lives in fear and always makes excuses as to why he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Proverbs 22, and I've already, I think we, I've already read this, but I'm going to read it again. Proverbs 22:13 says, The sluggard says there's a lion outside. He shall, I shall be slain in the streets. And so you see the fear there. Um, thinks he's smarter than everybody else, but he's really stupid. Proverbs 24:30 says, I passed by the field of the sluggard and by the vision of man lacking sense. Um, a person who's lazy might spend a lot of time in bed or on the couch. And we've already read this, Proverbs twenty six fourteen. The door, as the door turns on the hinges, so does the sluggard in his bed. He's wise in his own eyes and thinks everyone else is stupid. Proverbs twenty six sixteen. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who give a discreet answer. A lazy person can be the cause, and we've already said this, about other people's eye problems, their feet problems, their teeth problems. Proverbs 10.26 says, Like vinegar to the teeth and slow to the eyes, so is a lazy one to him who sends him. Proverbs 25.19 says, Like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot, is confidence in a faithless man in time of trouble. A lazy person um, buries his talent. You know the parable of in Matthew twenty twenty five, where the steward, the the vineyard owner, goes out and he he gives one person five talents, he gives one person two talents, he gives one person one talent, and when he comes back, the one who uh, did five got five. He said, Master. Um, uh, you gave me five, and I give you five more. So he gave him ten, and God said, "Well done, my good and ser- faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master." And then the one who had two talents gave him two more, and he said, "Enter into the joy of your master." Uh, but the one who had one talent said, "Oh God, I see you as harsh, stiff, and stern. I see you as a hard man." And see, he was a fool. And this is what God said to him: "You wicked slave! You knew that I reap." Where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seeds. And then he goes and tells him to depart from him. And he basically that one goes to hell. You know, God gives each of us a talent. And, you know, so many times we compare ourselves to someone else. And God says, You're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works that he has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. And, you know, I want to illustrate the potter's wheel. We don't do good works by trying to turn the potter's wheel. We yield to the potter, and he does the good works through us. He accomplishes everything that we need to accomplish. He knew when he let you be born exactly what he had for you. And you stay yielded to the potter on the potter's wheel, which is a picture of total surrender, yielded to him, resting on the potter's wheel, and the potter will see to it that you fulfill the purpose of what he put you here for. It's not it's not trying to perform and turn the potter's wheel. It's yielding to the potter so he can work through you because Christ in you is the hope of glory. A person who's lazy, it says, you know, their, their, their rafters will sag and their house will leak. Ecclesiastes 10.18 says, Through indolence the rafters sag and through slackness the house leaks. 
when I when I was a little girl, I would go to my granny's house, and my granddaddy was not a lazy person; he was just poor. And uh, I remember when it would rain, my mother would always have a pan or something to catch the leaks so I wouldn't get wet, and uh, and the house leaked. Uh, but a lazy person is maybe um, because of indolence. The rafters seek, uh, the rafters sag, and the um, because of his slackness, the house leaks. And you know, this spirit can come in generationally through the sins of the forefathers. You know, especially if there's poverty coming down the bloodline, um, lack of discipline in childhood parents not training their children up in the way they should go no love no nurture dysfunction that still there's still wounds from dysfunction but the good news is god wants to heal you a person can be wounded by childhood trauma divorce not being loved nurtured cared for not being taught or trained uh, overwhelmed by too much as a little child been given Uh, things to do that just overwhelmed you as a child and you just gave up responsibility, too much responsibility as a child. And that's not to say that we're not being trained to be responsible, but we train our children to work. It's a mistake to let your child grow up and not having to learn to work. Because if you train him up to not know how to work, he won't work when he's grown. Um. A person that's lazy is always, you know, can be looking for someone to take care of him because he wasn't cared for as a child. The wrong training up as a child, um, prescription drugs, especially psychiatric medicine. I remember a girl who lived at our farm, lived on my farm, and she had so much, she had so much energy. She had the cutest figure. But they took her to a mental health, and they gave her, <coughs> and she still takes psychiatric medicine, <coughs> and she's turned into a, a couch potato, overweight, not in good health. <coughs> Excuse me. And also judging your parents for being lazy, you know, or maybe judging them for being workaholics. You either will marry someone like who you judge or you'll become like them. Wrong childhood examples and perfectionism. Sometimes people want to do things so perfect they don't do nothing. <clears throat> so we need to learn from the blessings of of the diligent and to declare each day uh, our efforts to be the, in the Lord, to do what God calls us to do. Uh, I'm a very busy person, and a lot of times I say, God, you have a plan this day, so you show me what to do so that I can fit into your plan. Because when you get look at all the things you have to do, <coughs> excuse me, you can get overcome by all the things that you have to do. I think this past month has been one of the busiest months of my life, but I'm thankful. I, I, I can praise God that I can do it. And the question I want to ask you, are you a couch potato or has any of this fit in fit you? And I'm just going to lead you in repentance if you've been this lazy person, if you've been a procrastinator, um, 
and just pray with me. You know, the greatest deliverance, too, before I start the deliverance is uh, being born again. And I'm not talking about just praying a prayer to receive Jesus, that you believe in Jesus, because the devil and his demons believe. But I'm talking about a born-again experience where what you believe in your head gets down and changes your heart. Now, when you have a heart change, that doesn't mean you're a perfect person. It just means that uh, you you become a new creation in Christ. And the Bible says, old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I just present my body to you. If you'll pray with me and if you can agree with this, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. And, Lord, if I've never been born again, never been willing to die to my flesh, I invite you to come and in and possess my body and give me a born-again experience. Lord, I want to know that I know that I know that I've been born again. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for laziness, lack of diligence. Forgive me for being slothful. Forgive me for being a sluggard. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for um, being deceived. Forgive me, Lord, for a lack of uh, producing. God, forgive me for being a sluggard, slothful. God, forgive me for being like vinegar to someone's uh, teeth and smoke to their eyes. Forgive me, Lord, for um, not following through. Forgive me for asking what other people can do for me instead of what I can do for other people. Forgive me, Lord, for being um, like that man that lacks sense, uh, whose vineyard was totally overgrown with weeds. Forgive me for not dealing with my spiritual garden and the weeds that are in my life through the things that come up out of my mouth that are not acceptable to you and the things that come into my mind that's not acceptable to you and the things that I lust after. God, I ask you to forgive me for being slothful. Um, Forgive me for making excuses, loving sleep more than I love you. Forgive me for not being reliable. Uh, Forgive me for not being able to hold a job. Forgive me for making an excuse at work that I'm being persecuted because I'm a Christian. God, forgive me for being uh, not being diligent. Forgive me for being undisciplined. Forgive me for being unorganized. Forgive me for being inconsiderate of others. Forgive me for being greedy and selfishness. Uh, God, forgive me for craving and getting nothing because of being a sluggard. Uh, forgive me, Lord, for... Um, not planning ahead. Forgive me for not living for eternity. Forgive me for lacking initiative. Forgive me for neglecting my responsibilities. Forgive me for being a couch potato. Forgive me for being um, unbelieving, lacking confidence because um, I've not not liked my life. Uh, God, forgive me for uh, not considering others. Forgive me for not recognizing that I've been a lazy person. Forgive me for not uh, uh, taking accountability. I want to do that now, Lord. I I don't want to be a lazy person. I want to be a person that stands before you and you say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Forgive me for not working hard. Forgive me for uh, being slow and sluggish, uh, inert. Um, God, I ask you in Jesus' name to forgive me for being just like Behemoth. Forgive me for being a fault finder, for being lazy, uh, for judging you, for judging others, for comparing myself, for laying up in the shade, 
laying up in the air conditioning while everybody else does all the work. God, forgive me that I have had no fear of you, that the Jordan uh, floods of words, demonic words, have come forth from my mouth, and I've had no fear of you. Forgive me for being bold to do evil. Forgive me for judging you and judging others. Um, having no fear of God, God forgive me. Forgive me for devouring others with my mouth, comparing myself and um, trying to justify my inactivity. Forgive me for being like a sloth that hangs upside down and sleeps. God forgive me for demonic strength. I renounce it in the name of Jesus. Lord, forgive me for not considering the ant who has no chief officer or ruler, but goes about life doing exactly what he was created to do. Forgive me for not doing what I created to do. Forgive me for fear that would cause me to think there's a line in the streets. Forgive me for being a failure. God, you said I can do all things through you who strengthens me. Forgive me for not working so that I can eat. Forgive me for letting other people take care of me instead of me uh, being productive to take care of others. Forgive me for being um, hating work, hating to exert myself. Forgive me for not start studying to show myself approved. And, Lord, I, I have been busy to work a, a job, but I have been spiritually lazy. God, forgive me for being depressed. Because of what I see Lord forgive me for being a brother to the devil Who destroys Forgive me for not studying to show myself approved Forgive me for laziness that's opened me up to poverty and lack Forgive me for being spiritually lazy And physically lazy Forgive me for not taking painstaking effort uh, toward a goal to achieve a specific goal. Forgive me for not being industrious, diligence. Forgive me for not accomplishing things that please you. Forgive me for not being hardworking, industrious, striving according to your mighty power that works in me. Forgive me for not being steadfast and concentrated. Forgive me for not being persevering. Forgive me for being resistant to work or exertion, disposed to be idle. God, forgive me for being slow moving. Forgive me for indolence. Disinclined to work or exert myself Forgive me for being slack Negligent Indolent Refusing to exert myself Being habitually lazy Forgive me for inactivity, lethargy Being a sluggard Sluggish, lacking vigor or alertness 
her energy. Father, I just loose upon your children energy and alertness in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, for Lord, for not uh, knowing that a precious possession is to be diligent. And, Lord, I just repent this day in the name of Jesus. I forgive my forefathers for being lazy. Uh, God, I forgive them for the lack of training me up in the way I should go. I forgive them for setting a poor example. Forgive me for judging them for being lazy or for being workaholics. Um, Lord, I just ask you to heal any childhood trauma, any wounded places. I ask you, Lord, to move upon me with your mighty Holy Spirit. Each person, Lord, that's listening in, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I just take accountability for whatever happened to me in the loins of my forefathers all the way back to Adam and Eve. Let your cleansing blood flow down through my bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in my life through a spirit of laziness that's come down through the generations. In Jesus' name, I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses, I break soul ties with all my forefathers in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just speak over your children that you energize them, that you invigorate them, that you pour your strength out upon them and through them. Father, that they be diligent, that they might rule. Forgive us, Lord, for dealing with a slack hand, which would cause us to be put to forced labor in the name of Jesus. Now, just break the power of fear, procrastination, depression, Every demon that came in through the sins we've confessed have to go now in Jesus' name. A spirit of laziness, you have to move out of every life in Jesus' name. I break your power. I tear down these strongholds that I've named in the name of Jesus. I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ in Jesus' name. And, Lord, thank you that you've made provision that we all can be overcomers in Christ Jesus, that your promises are to the overcomer, that you, Lord Jesus, spoil principalities and powers, making an open show of them, triumphing over them at the cross. And, Lord, we just thank you and praise you that you made provision for us at Calvary in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for deliverance. And take a deep breath and blow out. The word spirit means breath. Go in Jesus' name. I command you to leave. Every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord has to go in Jesus' name. Every bondage is broken in Jesus' name. I break the power of sickness that came in through inactivity. Go. I break the power of cancer. I break the power of disease. I break the power of laziness, sluggishness in Jesus' name. I break the power of inactivity. You have to go now. Spirit of a sloth, spirit of behemoth, come out now in Jesus' name. Spirit of Leviathan, I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. I break every stronghold in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Give God a praise for all that he's done. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the ministry. And if you want prayer, you can call in. And Dorothy, will you give me that number? I don't have it written down for people to call. The call-in number is 646-595-4784, and press 1, and I will know you want to speak. Okay, great. And I'll just uh, tell you a little bit about the ministry. 
and uh, how you can support the ministry, my ministry and Dorothy's ministry. Um, you can uh, you can send through PayPal uh, to D for Dorothy, dchurchy1 at hotmail.com if you want to send a gift because she sponsors this program and she helps a lot of people, has lots of good speakers on. And you can support Abiding Life Ministries by going to jerrymcgee.com. And that's little g, all the lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And there's lots of, on my website, there's lots of free CDs you can listen to with deliverance prayers. There's probably at least 100. And also, my son made a testimony 13 days before he died of AIDS. That's also on there. You can sign up for my email if you'll, um, there's a place where you can sign up and I, I try to send out flyers of where I'm going to be. I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp uh, February 15th through 17th for the Ladies Retreat in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And you can get that information by going to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com. And, um, and I'll be in um, Cary, North Carolina, which I think is real close to Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, February second and third, and I'll be into, in a and in, in, I'll send you a flyer if you'll sign up for my email. I'll send a flyer. Uh, also, I'll be at the Texas International Spiritual Warfare Conference. Um, I think it's the fifth. Uh, I don't know. I think it's the third week, the third Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in March. And we're talking about 2019. Uh, today is January 15th, 2019. I always forget, you know, sometimes I'll listen to a video and I think, now why don't they tell me the data? I mean, I want something that's updated. So anyway, this is, today is January 15th, 2019. I have a Duncanville meeting every month, the first Saturday of the month. It's at the Hilton Garden Inn in Duncanville, Texas. And if you, which borders Dallas on the south side, if you live nearby, you take a exit, uh, the Main Street exit. There's a Hilton Garden Inns right there on the interstate. You can see it. And um, anyway, it starts at 10 o'clock, and it's usually over at 1, and it's free to attend. And we can do personal ministry. If you need personal ministry, you come. Uh, also, Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, I encourage you to come to all of those camp meetings. We have uh, prayer teams that pray for people every morning. And I don't know a place. I don't know of a place in America where you can get greater freedom or greater deliverance than Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. If you go online, it's lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com. And um, let's see if there's anything else. And there's things. There's there's a clearing the land book that I encourage you to order off of my website. And actually, it lists all the Bible curses. It gives you prayers to pray to break the curses. It's a little repentance book. It's called uh, preparing. Clearing the land, preparing for deliverance. You know, you're the land. First Corinthians three nine says you're building your house and you're a field. And so, clearing the land is a a book that shows you how to clean up your spiritual garden, and you can actually get deliverance just going through clearing the land. And you can order that online. There's also a book called um, mm-hmm. Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Pattern. It tells you how you know we all have uh, positive and negative things to reap. It tells you how to change the bad reaping to the good. There's one I wrote on grief, exchanging sorrow for joy. You know, I've, I have 
had two husbands dump me. And so I've had a lot of grief in my life, but, you know, my seminars and what I teach have really come out of God showing me how to live an overcoming life. And I'm certainly not what I ought to be, but I am overcoming in Christ Jesus. The older I get, the more I realize the song Onward Christian Soldiers, what that means, because um, we each have things to overcome in our daily lives. But God is teaching me that he's got it all under control. I need not fear, for God has not given me or you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so I appreciate so much you listening in. I hope you'll listen in again the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 Central Time. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you more peace.